You may be losing deals because you don't understand what the risk versus the reward is of your product that you're selling or the offer that you have. So how can you craft an offer, give a presentation, or share with your buyer what the risk is of doing business with you versus the reward? And how can you make your competition look bad showing that they have more risk than reward in sales? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from the North Shore of Oahu today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from Holly Eva Ali'i Beach Park. And I got to tell you, it's a nice day. A little breezy. Sun is out. I'm 30 feet from the ocean, so you may hear some waves. To the left of me, about 100 feet, there's a giant green sea turtle. So I'm sitting under a tree, so you may hear some birds chirping. And the reason why that is, is I want you to know that I'm not in a studio. So it's not going to be 100% perfectly quiet in the background. Now, today's episode is 199, Risk versus Reward in Sales and Business. At least, that's the working title for right now. I may change in a little bit when I, when I release this episode into the wild. But let's talk about a couple of definitions. Risk, a situation involving exposure or danger. Hmm. How does that influence your buyer? Reward, a thing given in recognition of one service effort or achievement. Hmm. How does that influence decisions? Well, that's a good question. Because at the end of the day, this is really the framework of offers, deals, and business marketing and sales. Risk and reward. People think in these terms, but they may not explain them this way. They may not come out and say, hey, this is a risky situation. They may not come out and say, this reward doesn't overcome the risk. And so when, when you think about it, another way to say this is the juice has to be worth the squeeze. That's it. The juice has to be worth the squeeze. And if there was ever a way to explain this, it would be from one of the great boy. Whoever wrote the movie Tommy Boy had to be in sales to understand this. And there's a scene at the end or towards the end of the movie where Tommy is trying to sell his brake pads to uh, Ted Nelson. And so... They're talking about guarantees. And Tommy is about to walk up the stairs or go up the elevator. I can't remember which. And he says, Ted, why would somebody put a guarantee on a box? Hmm, very interesting. Ted Nelson says, go on, I'm listening. Tommy, here's the way I see it, Ted. Guy puts a fancy guarantee on a box because he wants you to feel all warm and toasty inside. (laughs) Ted Nelson, yeah, makes a man feel good. Tommy, of course it does. Why shouldn't it? You figure you put that little box under your pillow at night, the guarantee fairy may come by and leave a quarter. Am I right, Ted? Okay, so if I gave you a different phrase, if I explained it a different way, people buy on emotion and justify with logic. When you go through that process and think about it, what's the last thing that you bought? Did you buy on emotion and justify with logic? Was it a quick impulsive buy? Was it just something really quick and easy? Did you talk about it? Did you think about it? When I ask salespeople this question, a lot of times people say, hey, you know, Scott, I don't, I don't buy on emotion and justify with logic. And then by the time that we break it down, like, they're like, oh, I never really thought of it that way. 
Your buyer does the same thing. Purchases are emotional. You don't believe me? Go to any mall. I was just at Ola Moana Mall last night. I was in Honolulu. And I was watching people buy, and they were walking out with big smiles on their faces. You know, there is an emotional dopamine rush when you make a purchase because you have power. You're in control. You have the ability to say yes. You have the ability to say no. You have the ability to spend money. There is emotions involved. And so people will outweigh the risk of a purchase and compare it to the reward that they're getting. They, they don't always think like an engineer, and they don't always put it in terms of an engineer. But like in their, in their mind, they're building out like the Ben Franklin clothes. They're putting on one side of the piece of paper, here's all the things that it does, and then here's all the things that I get. So what you need to know is stories. Stories are going to come to play. And you're going to need some strong ones because when you meet with a buyer, they're going to tell you a story. Here's my problem. And what they're saying is, can you give me enough reward without risk? Or does your risk out, is, is, your, is your risk outweighed by the reward? Is there a way for that to prove it? And, you know, this comes down to psychological, physical, business, life. These are conversations that people have. They just don't have them this way. You kind of have to inspect and look behind, like, what's the meaning behind the meaning? What, how do I peel back the layers of the onion? And so I'm going to challenge you for the rest of this episode, for the rest of the day, to think through why risk versus reward is important, not just to you as a salesperson, as a professional, but as a consumer as well. So when people solely buy on a loser price or, <laughs> sorry, lower price, their reward is the cheap price, but their risk may be higher, but they're willing to take it. So uh, what is it? In the car sales world, they say that there's, a, there's a, a seat for every butt. And in your industry, whatever you have to sell, that's probably true too. That there's always somebody willing to pay a lower price. But on the other end, there's always somebody willing to pay a higher price and let you assume all the risk. So if a, somebody wants to go with a full offer company, a full offer company, the risk may be that they pay too much. The, the reward is the warranties and guarantees that they put in place. So, like, just go down this path. If you work for an organization that typically charges more, do you have more risk reversal guarantee than your comp competition? Or is it put on you as a salesperson to sell that role, to sell that job? And risk versus reward is something that, like, people really don't think through. Like, if you're going to have to craft an offer, if you're going to have to give a presentation, like, if you think in terms of risk versus re reward, it may be the thing that helps you close the deal that you didn't you didn't really think of or value. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to ask you a series of tough questions. They're going to be in the show notes, but I'm going to ask you these tough questions. So how many of the objections have you had in the last 90 days that have happened because the buyer felt like they had more risk than reward? Ooh, how much risk is your buyer facing? How much of your presentation deals with the risk alternative options that they have. How much of your presentations counters with the true rewards you have to offer that nobody else does? This is going to take some work. This is going to take some thought on your part. You thought you were just listening to an episode today of the How to Sell Show and you're like, Scott, I don't have to put in any work. Eh, wrong. Today is going to be a lot of thinking and a lot of writing. How many deals have you lost because your competition has better risk reversal and they're not afraid to use it? Now, I got to tell you, I've been following Jay Abraham since I was 19 years old, 20, 20 years old. And one of the things that Jay talks about a lot is risk reversal. And one of the things that entrepreneurs and business owners push back against to say, if, if I put a strong risk reversal in place, like a money back guarantee, people are going to use it. 
But let's go back to the Tommy Boy example. People want that feeling in the middle of the night that they're going to get taken care of. So you can capture a larger swath of the population by having better guarantees than, than your competition. So if you're evaluating a company to go work for, you, that, that could be one of your questions. What kind of risk guarantees are in place to help take care of a consumer? Not that you have to solely rely on them, but they answer concerns that the buyer has. What company takes your lunch money, not because of skill, but because of expression of risk reversal? There may be a company out there that costs less than you, but has a better risk reversal. There may be a company that's out there that is more than you and has a better risk reversal. What deals could you have sold for more if you had better risk reversal? So like, ooh, this one burns, this one burns owners' hides or chaps their hides when they think about this. At the end of the day, you could be making more profit if you had better risk reversal. What's the best risk reversal in your industry? You know, just go through, shop your competition. And the reason why you want to answer all these questions is because it puts you in the frame of mind of like, okay, what is it that I'm in the process of guaranteeing? What is the outcome? What's the outcome the buyer gets from buying something with me? Well, you know, there is an outcome that they get of a product or service, but there's also a psychological. There's a psychological uh, phenomenon that happens in them that they're like, do I make this decision or not? So when it comes down to it, the objections you face may not be about the money. It could be like the, the money is inconsequential. They're like, the money's not the issue. Money's not the problem. It's the risk. So like anytime that somebody makes a purchase, there is a huge risk at play, whether it's business to business or business to consumer. So let's talk about the first risk, the risk of implementing and failure. Well, we put it in place and it didn't work. And now we're behind. We're behind on our quota. We're behind on our goals. We're behind on our schedule. We're behind on our process. We're behind. There's relational capital at risk. So like if somebody goes into a meeting and says, hey, I really like this plan, this project, this idea, and it falls apart, now they gotta, they're like, they've got problems. Like Scott was the one that chose this. Scott took us down this path. Scott is the one that said that everything's going to be okay. It's on Scott. It was your decision, Scott. I've been in those meetings. I've been on a management team where I had to make the tough decision. And when it didn't work, guess what? Everything was my fault. There's a risk of going too fast. That's a risk. The risk is not having everything planned out. The risk of shame in front of a team over a bad decision. I just kind of went over that. But like over time, a very bad decision can end a career. It can end a, it can end a job. Just like if you bring something to the table that works very well, there's a lot of reward. So like, let's talk about what the rewards can be. Rewards can be saving, uh, savings that come from a product or service, right? There, there's excess and scrap in everything that we do. There is the reward of getting somebody or a company out of a pickle, that they had a problem that nobody else could solve, that there was an issue that they looked at and they said, how do we fix this? There is the, the fear of not making a mistake of, you know, there's judgment and harm. In, in, in being wrong, but there's also the excitement of being right. And what you need to know is there's no 100% indemnity for a mistake. Indemnity means to be made whole. So, you know, I, I've talked to Jay Abraham quite a bit about this, you know, uh, on the record and off the record, and I can share with what he said on the record that one of his favorite things is some of the biggest mistakes that he's made. And I talked to Joe Sugarman about this as well. And Joe Sugarman is an amazing marketer, and he was like, Scott, I've made more mistakes than I've had successes. And the truth is, is there is going to be a, a column. There's going to be a win column and a loss column. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, 
you have to be able to help your buyer explicitly see that their risk versus reward, that their count is in their favor. So guarantees, they're meant to help people reduce their risk. They may not really do anything else to be a psychological way for them to say, like, I'm going to be covered, I'm going to be guaranteed. Let's go right back to the Tommy Boy example. Warranties, they're meant to help people reduce their risk. And in some places, they're, they're, they have to be put in place by law. Here's the one that I really want to target with you, and that's reputation. Because reputation is something that people have, and when they walk away, they're like, even though that there's risk, there, there's guarantees and warranties, I still have to worry about the reputation. In my mind, you have to be able to show your buyer that they're safe. And in some industries, you can't use that word. You can imply it. You can convey it. But how does, how does your buyer know that they're safe with a decision from working with you? How do they gather that? Do you explicitly tell them? Do you point it out? Do you show them mistakes that it is to go with another company? And part of your personal life influences your business life. Your, your personal life is part of your business life. And the reason I bring that up is specifically the phrase of you sell how you buy. So if you're like, Scott, I don't care about warranties and guarantees, you may be more unlikely to share them. And if you have to have warranties and guarantees in your life, you may be like over, overpowering them in, in the presentation and going too far. You know, I can think of a time where I managed a sales team and one of the sales guys that I knew lived off of the guarantees. And that was it. He couldn't sell without them. If he, if he didn't have the warranties and guarantees in place to reduce the risk, he couldn't close a deal. And so he pushed really hard on the warranties and guarantees. So I want to give you a warning. If you're solely trying to close a deal on a warranty or guarantee, you may actually, you may end up with difficult buyers because they may have to say like, well, I got to prove that you're right about this. So your personal life has a lot to do with your risk and reward. So like evaluate, when you evaluate an offer, when you evaluate a project you're going to buy into, when you're going to make a purchase, how do you look at the risk and reward? Is it something you've ever said, well, what's the risk? What's the reward? In your own personal life, you can map out where you got upset about a deal or a struggle and ask, was it because of the risk versus the reward? Was it because there wasn't a guarantee? Was it because you, you ended up going with high risk with low reward? Was it because you're upset because there was low reward but high risk? Was it because there was low risk and high reward? I mean, what, what was the thing that made you upset about the deal? And so here's what you do is you look at how other people make offers. And you specifically look at their warranties and guarantees. Look at where they're weak, look at where they're strong, and how would you modify them? So like if somebody came at you and said, hey, look, you get a one-year guarantee. If you're like, well... I don't think one year would be enough. I would make it a two. Well, that's a good question for you because like now you're being, you're, you're, you're taking creatively how you would craft that offer differently. So this is why you should study strategies from others. You should read books about deals. You should go into presentations and watch deals and specifically listen. Like how is this person talking about risk versus reward? And, you know, in your own personal deals, you may ask a salesperson, well, explain to me how my risk is reduced. What's the reward for me moving forward right now? And start using these words in your own personal buying. So here's what I want you to do. Here's your challenge. And this may take some time, energy, and effort on your part. I can tell you this with 100% certainty. Most salespeople don't think this way. So you make a list of all the, the risks that your buyers face, every single one of them. And then on the other side, you make a list of all the ways you take care of those risks or fears. Because... At the end of the day, these are where objections, this is the birth of an objection. So you can do this by keeping track of all the objections that you get 
or questions, I'm sorry, all the questions you get in the presentation. And if you're new to sales, you can ask a closer, you can pay a closer, you can role play with a closer, you can do a ride along. There's a ton of different ways you can make this happen. And then what you do is you list them out in the priority of what they are. Like some of them are gonna be one-offs that you don't get very often. Some of them you're gonna get in every single presentation. This is why you have to know them. You don't have to put all of these risks in your presentation. You just have to do the 80-20 rule and take the ones that are the most important. Then you script out all the concerns in the order of what could be asked. So once again, go back to the 80-20 rule. There's probably 10 questions or concerns that you're asked. These are the ones that you need to know the most. And once again, you might have to group source this information and think and talk through it. And you may have to practice answering the objections, the questions, the concerns, the risks, but you're gonna to wanna to practice this in front of closers. And then last of all, <laughs> there's, a, there's a saying, if you wanna learn how to do something, take it to the laziest person and they'll figure it out. Now, there's a sales version of this too. If you wanna figure out whatever objections you're gonna get, take, them to the, take your presentation to the most skeptical people that you know. And they're going to come up with all of the objections that you're going to face, every single one of them, enough to make you angry, enough for you to be like, stop giving me all this doubt, <laughs> because that's, that's who they are. They're skeptical. But you want that. You want that when you're practicing, because they're going to point out things that you haven't thought of. So for you as a salesperson, if you really want to get good at what you do, you really want to think in terms of risk versus reward. How does this, how does this impact the buyer? What kind of risks do they get? And the reason for it's quite simple, because this may not be what they're saying out loud, but it's what they're thinking in their head. So I, I got a couple of questions to end on for you. At the end of the day, what was the risk of you listening to this episode? Right? I can't tell you what your answer is going to be. I can, I can give you some framework for it. And what's the risk of you not taking some action in your presentation now that you know? John Benson's one of my favorite copywriters. I've got a lot of favorite copywriters, just so you know. And he, he likes to say, it's not your fault that you didn't know, but now that you know, it's your responsibility to do something about it. And then how do you bridge the gap? How do you, how do you go from where you were to where you need to be? What are you going to do? What, what's, what's your action steps? What's, what's the guide that you got to do? With that being said, where are you going to go to look at risks, guarantees, reversals, warranties? You know, are you, are you going to read them? Are you going to look, look for the loopholes? You know, it's, it's interesting that like on uh, Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram lately, there's people saying like, hey, look, if you go to take a computer back to a, a computer store or a phone and they tell you that it's got like a one-year warranty, if you buy it with a credit card, in a lot of instances, it automatically doubles your warranty depending upon the credit card. So like that's the ultimate risk reversal for a credit card. Why would you want that credit card? Because it doubles your warranties and guarantees on electronics. In this day and age, that's important. So start looking, looking for the loopholes, looking for ways to go, hey, how could this be better? How could I use this in my own life? Because once you understand risk versus reward in a sales presentation from a buyer standpoint, you're able to close more deals. Just remember, they may not exactly say it that way. They may not come to you and go, hey, the risk isn't worth the reward here. But you may, you may ask them, what's the risk of doing business with us? What's holding you back? What's preventing us from moving forward? And sometimes by taking it to the risk, you're able to close a deal that you couldn't. Here's the thing. You, as a salesperson, can use this in your sales presentation to explicitly point out what your competition is and is not doing. And in this instance, you would want to use the phrases of risk versus reward. You could point out and say, hey, look, 
for you going with XYZ company, that is high risk with low reward. That's very high risk with low reward for you. And you can target this phraseology as you're explaining the problems that they have, the issues that they have, the ways that you're better, the ways that your guarantees, your warranties are better. But you take this time to highlight that information, point out explicitly the problems with your competition. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.